This show is presented by the 323 Network. You can catch it and more wherever you get podcasts and music and follow us on all the social medias at 323READ, 323READ. And you can support the show and help us continue to grow by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash 323READ. You can get early and exclusive releases there, merch and more for as little as $2. $2. That is patreon.com slash 323READ. R-E-I-D. A group led by Sixers and Devils owner Josh Harris has agreed to buy the commanders from longtime owner Daniel Snyder and his family today. As expected, it's worth a record $6.05 billion, making it the highest price paid for a North American professional sports franchise. Now, the purchase and sale is still subject to approval by the NFL, but for now, uh, commanders fans rejoice. Nothing but good things from the DC Defenders fans to say in their farewell to Dan Snyder. Oh. Oh, goodbye. Hello. They say goodbye. We say hello. Welcome to the 323, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Reed Murphy, joined, as we so often are, by Scott Elia, and welcoming back our animation deliberation buddy, the guy. The God, Zahair Ali. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. This is over. That's right. We needed you back. Welcome. It is never a better time to have you back, too. 
so we can finally talk about what is probably our Super Bowl as Washington ah. football fans. The I don't even I can't we can't even say potential sale of the team from uh, Dan Snyder to Josh Harris as was heard in the opening there. It's in principle. It's all agreed to in principle. Pretty much things have been you know signed up. They just have to take it to the finance committee and get the actual votes from the league. I don't think it will be an issue. I mean, he uh, the thing is with Josh Harris, who is the Philadelphia 76ers owner, he's got like 17 minority investors in this thing, including Magic Johnson and uh, Rails, somebody Rails, I think Mitchell Rails from D.C. Rails. Yeah, huge uh, D.C. Uh, investor. People really like him in the area, but I don't think it'll get him, you know, fucked in the end. This, if they have the $6 billion in cash, they want Snyder gone, they'll vote it through. If it was a different team, maybe it'd be a problem, but we're getting Snyder out. And for that, we had to do the thing. Fuck him. Fuck him. Just Fuck like yeah. that guy said. He said it three different times. Yes. Yes. Goodbye, Dan Snyder. This is awesome. It's a great moment, and Zoo. Before we like get into your full excitement, I'm going to let you manifest. There, we'll get the voice of reason here, the non-Washington fan, and we'll let him have a say in this. As you know, spoiled Tom Brady lover and you know virtuoso Scott. What are your thoughts about the sale of the team to Josh Harris? It's. First and foremost, thank God. I've I have never really been attacked. I've been living in Virginia for the last twenty years. Off and on, I'll root for the the Washington insert football team name here every once in a while. But I've never liked Dan Snyder. He's always been kind of a weaselly, greasy kind of used car salesman kind of vibe to him. But at the end of the day, he still wins. He doesn't have the team. But God, is he getting just a whole ton of cash? My guess is once people know that he's has his money on him, then you'll start seeing some litigation coming out and some lawsuits and this and that. And people going to get their get their cut. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And that 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 Buzz Defenders fan lady, she had a really great point in that it sucks that you know we're rewarding the misogyny and the potential sexual assaults and harassment that are coming out of that team with $6 billion. But at the end of the day, all you can do is laugh like her too, just because we're getting, we're winning. We're getting away from him. You just laugh like her, which is our new Lionel Richie laugh, by the way, this is going to be <laughs> drunken defenders fan laughing. Zoo. How do you feel about this? What are your thoughts? What are your hopes with Josh Harris? The, you know, new team of owners that are coming in to save this franchise. I mean, you heard the raw, unfiltered version when I called you on the drive up to Richmond as it happened, just crying tears of joy and screaming as you were watching a bunch of kids. Yep. Um, for my for my uh, job, by the way, I wasn't just watching. <laughs> <laughs> don't look in his basement. Yeah, don't look in the – yes. been watching a lot of Criminal Minds lately. I know how to get in there. Yeah, so just a lot of excitement. You know, the main three people that you mentioned in the group are – like, I – didn't care that Jeff Bezos wasn't interested after we got more of a deep dive on like who these three people are. We have magic Johnson who just knows how to win. He's been in their shoes. He's been through the whole process. Josh Harris knows how to take things slow and have a process and take the time that's needed to actually build long-term success as we've seen with the devils and with uh, the Sixers who have made it, quite far into the playoffs in the last couple of years. And then Mitchell rails himself, who knows how to take basically fucked up corporations and fix it up. So the fact that these people actually have something on the line and something to prove and something to work towards makes it a lot more meaningful than somebody who just has $6 billion in his back pocket. So I'm happy that, like obviously fans are going to be upset with every wrong thing that happens in year one and year two in this and that, but for a long term, there hasn't been a more exciting time to be a Washington fan. 
you know, this is a, a city, an area. I know I live four hours away from it, but an area that just loves their sports. You see how they react to the defenders, how they reacted to the Stanley Cup and the World Series when those happened back to back. So this is a city that just has a, a wonderful fan base and it just deserves to see that glory again. And I'm very excited to see that, you know, this group is the ones that are going to help us get there. This is also true. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know what you guys think the first move should be from the new ownership group, because fans of the team are all over the place and what they think should happen. A lot of people are saying that, you know, they need to change the name first, get rid of the commander's brand, get rid of anything. Dan Snyder affiliated for me. That's not even an option. I, I don't, I for me, I don't personally care. I'm I've gotten used to commanders enough that if they keep with it and they start winning with it and we build a new, you know, ownership group behind it, boom. You know, I'm good with it, especially if we can change the uniforms a little bit just to get them back to the kind of style of the old ones a little bit. I miss it. I miss it. I like the black sometimes. I hate it other times. I don't know what to feel with it. But personally, I think the first move needs to be not even clinch a stadium, which might be easy with RFK. It seems like DC has been wanting to get the deal done with just with anybody but Snyder. I feel like the first move needs to be catering towards the fans and mm-hmm. lowering ticket prices. Not only ticket prices, but particularly parking prices. Everybody that's gone to these games knows how fucking expensive and crazy it is to park at FedEx Field. If you can just make FedEx Field feel like home for a little bit, lower the food mm-hmm. and beer prices to whatever the league average is because we're way above it, cater to the fans, get everybody back on their side because we want to be on your side immediately, Josh Harris. Work to get the people on your side, and I think we have an immediate win. The new stadium will come. Whatever you want to do with the name will come, but I think if you win, people will get behind it. That's what I'd like to see. I don't know what you guys think the, the best first move should be there, Scott. Uh, yeah, the two uh, – the name thing, I think that's the, the very bottom of the list. We just went through a, what, a three- to four-year ordeal from Redskins to football team and now to Commanders. I think they spent so much time and energy and money in that. There's other things that are you know more necessary. I think, like you said, get the fans back in the stadium, you know, do what you have to do to get butts back in there, supporting the team, you know, try to start off fresh slate. And I think the biggest thing that they need to do is really nail down what the hell they're going to do in the future for a stadium, whether they try to, you know, jazz up and kind of refresh FedEx field or actually get a deal in place and bring the team back into DC itself or Northern Virginia, but figure it out. Now that Snyder's not in the way anymore, you can open up some more doors, more possibilities, but that's probably the biggest thing they, they should do. Yeah, the lease for FedEx Field is still up until 2027. And I think top priority needs to be to spruce that up, uh, whether it be concessions, whether it be all the random leaks that we get. And me as someone who works in photography, fix that damn monitor and get some better speakers in there. Like everything should be crystal clear sound. I need to be able to hear every word that that man is saying behind the microphone. And we need to just it's, it's like AV has got to be the easiest thing, man. It's got to be the easiest thing. Fix that, fix the concessions, get a better system going. I think Jason Wright has been doing a really good job despite having one hand tied behind his back with uh, Dan the Dweeb Snyder. But um, I think he's doing a good job. He has ideas and he has momentum on fan relationships. And I think talking to somebody who grew up in the area in Josh Harris is something that's going to help, you know, the process of getting the fans back in like, I we've been to games before and I don't think that these young players have ever had home field advantage when it comes to the fans presence. And this is the time to fix up the stadium that we're in now so that they can finally experience that with these games in regards to where I want a future stadium to be. I think that undeveloped area around Nats park might be the best bet. It would be cool to have that, Audi Field and Nats Park all within mm-hmm. the same general vicinity. As much as everybody loves RFK, there's just so much going on over there. If you have a way to keep it in the city and not do RFK, then if that's the easier way that gives you more land to build around and have 
fresh slate everything in the businesses and the development that you want to do, by all means, just do it there. How do you feel about a domed stadium, too? I wouldn't mind it. I don't need it. Right. Because just because I know some people get real personal about it, they like the elements, the football weather that comes in there. Mm -hmm. But I think it could be this is a huge economic opportunity for the area, because not only do these NFL teams now think about, you know, how nice of a stadium they can have in the dick measuring contest amongst all these (laughs) rich ass owners, but it's also about hosting. We could be able to host a Super Bowl now in dc we could be able to start getting final four events here if we have a nice enough domed stadium i will not support olympics in dc just because we know how much of a shit show it already is just on a friday in the dmv let alone adding everybody from Mm -hmm. the world coming here (laughs) but give me yeah just give us something that will be great and i would love it there by nets you know just to be in that general range you can walk to nets park watch walk to audi field walk to fuck snyder lane and be <laughs> totally happy and you're 100 percent right about the audio issues there because that was wildly annoying not being able to hear anything that was going on over the speakers you should not have audi field the home of the dc defenders having a better system and better sound yeah. and better placement than FedEx field, the NFL stadium. It's ridiculous. And again, shout out to the DC defenders. They came in second somehow. I think it was rigged. They lost to that Texas, the Arlington or whoever gives a shit. DC oh, defenders, like the renegade or whatever the hell they're it, called. It, it gives a fuck. The defenders are the real champion. They had the best record. It, it was rigged. Dwayne Johnson was wearing the other team's shirt. It's, it's, it's a rig. It's a rig job, but shout out to the Fucking defenders. Texas. Shout out, to, <laughs> shout out to the fans of the Defenders and Commanders fans who gave so many great lines and quotes in that mashup from the beginning. They are all wonderful. Hope to hear, hope to hear from you again. And while this is a celebration of the sale and a celebration and a welcoming to Josh Harris, we do have to say farewell to the asshole that is at play here, and that is. Daniel Snyder. So, gentlemen, we are going to do the top five moments in, I think I labeled it as top five Dan Snyder memories. You can go Dan Snyder memories. You can go top five moments that occurred in the Dan Snyder reign of the commanders, whatever you're feeling like. This is our three, two, three, top five goodbye, asshole. Five, four, three. Two, one. This is the three, two, threes top five. Ah, shit. Here we go again. That's right. It is the three, two, three top five. Goodbye to that asshole, Daniel Snyder. And if you guys have your lists already and ready to go, we can just trade them off here going five four three two one like we always do and i can start you off give you some time and i'll kick it off here at number five the number five dan snyder memory well it's a shitty one bruce allen is it's a it's a great moment in in dan snyder commander's history yes bruce allen the man the gm who said we had a damn good culture right in the middle of uh, several sexual assault and harassment cases pending towards them. Ah, what a guy. What a guy. It takes a special kind of asshole to be a shittier GM than Vinny Serrato, who preceded him. We got a great, great lineup of people there for Dan Snyder. Uh, Zoo, what do you have here in the top five? Uh, number five for me is the uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> even the lightsaber wanted to get in there. Yes, happy thanks- <laughs> happy Thanksgiving was a fun one. I forgot about that. <laughs> what a dick! <laughs> so awkward. This is can't, our Thanksgiving. Can't can't do press conferences. Comes out to introduce Ron Revere in the middle of January and says Happy Thanksgiving to open it. I don't even know what the fuck that was about. Scott, what do you got? 
Uh, I think you know what sound I'm going to have you load up, but I'm going to say hiring that drunk Scott McLuhan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I know the sound that you want there. Fuck Scott. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly what I was looking for. But you know what? I didn't mind Scott McLuhan that much. I mean, he was a, he was a great drafter. He was a great talent evaluator for that. He was just, you know... Uh, very combative as a drunk. He was a very combative yeah. drunk, and I think that was during that period when uh, we had the whole Diana Rossini thing battling with his wife over how she's getting her information. Uh, good DC days. <laughs> Number four for me is the acquisition of Albert Hainsworth. You beat me to it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great one. We gave, we gave old Fat Al $100 million to... Come off the line of scrimmage, lay on the ground, and not move a muscle. What a guy. What a guy. I think last I heard he opened up a rib shop that went like out of business. <laughs> Zoo, what's your number four? Number four is kind of a tandem. It is not re-signing Kirk Dozens. Dozens. Kirk Cousins and drafting Dwayne Haskins instead. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like the idea of Cousins Dozens. Could be a good bakery idea for him. Cousins Dozens. <laughs> Cousins Dozens. <laughs> Scott, what's Only your number four? It, it closes at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> never, never open on Sundays. Never open on Sunday. <laughs> uh... Well, see, so you took one of mine. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, trying to revive Steve Spurrier 2.0. Ooh, that's a good that one. Was, that's such a reach. Yeah, the old ball coach. Yeah, my mom hated him. There are a lot of moments. I should have gotten my mom on this one and everything because there were a lot of things that made her really turn to a Chiefs fan that were just purely Washington-related, had nothing to do with Patrick <laughs> Mahomes or what was happening with that team. Oh, shit. So number three for me in top five Dan Snyder memories is Dan Snyder suing a grandma over season tickets. <laughs> yes, this old, this old fragile lady. She was like somewhere in her 90s and her husband died. Her husband was like a lifelong season ticket holder and he died and the tickets went over to her and she was trying to cancel them and for whatever reason it just wound up in a legal battle between her and snyder and snyder trying to sue her for the uh paying the remaining balance on the season tickets we love them and that wasn't that 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 beat out my oli which was him uh <laughs> getting a state like a state park rangers house raided by the feds because he was trying to keep him from tearing down uh, national trees for his new mansion. We love him. Ugh. Zoo, what's your number three? Uh, number three is the disrespect to all the Sean Taylor memorials and just every debacle to try to cover up his personal bullshit. Shout out to Jackson Mahomes. Yeah. It's almost like a sleeper agent for him. Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing on the memorial. I hope he's doing well in, in, in soon-to-be prison. <laughs> Scott, what's your number three? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stay with the coaching thread. Um, something that clicked in my head early when I was looking some stuff up. Did you know that under the Snyder reign that no head coach has ever been over 500? and wins you mean like for their tenure their tenure every head coach that's ever been in washington since snyder's been there has been under 500 oh my god we've had so many winners we've had so many winners even my favorite i won't even say his name because he might end up in your top five here but yeah i have no coaches on mine no, I don't have any on mine. I don't know if Scott has any more on his, so I don't want to steal. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the coaches. Oh, okay. Then that Jim, was my last big coach. Jim Zorn. Jim Zorn screaming hip, hip, hooray. That's, not, that's an OLI. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were our colors? Just the red and yellow? Yep. Just the red and yellow. He didn't know where the hell he was. 
Uh, on to number two. My number two is literal shit raining from the stands during a game. Which beat out my uh, OLI of the stands collapsing on Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts while he was trying to give high fives. But having actual shit water rain down on the fans is like a perfect embodiment of the Dan Snyder era in Washington. I still kind of blame Eagles fans for that too, though. For the shit rain? Or for the no, collapse? No, for the, for the collapse. I blame them for the shit rain too. Zoo, <laughs> <laughs> what's your number two? My number two is the RG knee debacle. Um, yeah. If debacle. you know that you're you <laughs> dealing with that kind of an issue, I don't care what, like, you're the fucking owner, dude. Like, you went through so much shit to move up and get this guy. As soon as he was in a situation where he couldn't play, you should have been like, not worth it. Long game. We're going to take care of this properly. And that was not the case. And ruined one of our favorite players. And then worst part is he not only debuckles that, as Scott said, <laughs> but uh, then he just takes it out on the actual franchise quarterback that we have that's sitting behind him and Kirk Cousins without you know trying to not admit that this guy is the better quarterback. Oh, God, fuck him. Scott, <laughs> you're number two. Um, ooh. I'm going to go with Daniel Snyder's affinity for old, washed-up players. Yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, Jeff George, Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders. You know, we already <laughs> talked about Albert Hainsworth. Uh, Trying Adam to get dating approval because we have Carson Wentz. Like, <sighs> yep. that was your pitch? Mm -hmm. Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, and, and overpaying for over-the-hill players. Has always Jesus been would look like shit on our field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. On to number one. My number one here is, and actually before we get to number one, just because Scott brought up over the hill players and I just created just out of nowhere an impromptu bonus top five of top five starting quarterbacks during the Dan Snyder era. And uh, it's pretty impressive. So, just very fast. Oh, God. My number five starting quarterback of the Dan Snyder era, Donovan McNabb. Ooh. Number four, Rex Grossman. Number three, John Beck. Number two, Josh Johnson. He's on his 15th team, by the way. Everything. It's a repeat with the Ravens now. And the number one favorite memory of a starting quarterback in the Dan Snyder era is Mark Sanchez. There it is. I forgot. He I was, forgot that he was in Washington. He was part of right that. Before Josh Johnson. Yep. He was part of that streak of quarterbacks uh, breaking their legs. Everything like right on the field. And then Josh, Sean, a... Josh Johnson made his first start in uh, like a decade for the team. But. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to look up these, these players now. That's wild. My number one top five Dan Snyder memory, or just, you know, best moments he's had as an owner. It was, the at the time, Washington Redskins' week-long business bonding trip to Costa Rica that resulted in topless photos of the cheerleaders being spread around the team, the organization, and uh, having cheerleaders pretty much sex trafficked around the island that they were staying at which ultimately led to the demise of one Daniel Snyder. Yeah, that's not good. What a great guy. Zoo, you're number one. Number one is this motherfucker <clears throat> saying that I will never change the name to selling the fucking team. <laughs> How's that going for you, champ? And it was after changing the name twice. <laughs> losing all that money yep sponsors scott you're number one uh i know it didn't happen under snyder's watch but i'm still gonna blame him because fuck dan but the the trade that charlie castley pulled off for brad johnson back in the 90s <laughs> i mean i think it was like a first a second and a third round pick to the vikings for a then 30 year old brad johnson jesus i'm still blaming dan 
We gotta blame Dan. Blame Dan for everything. Blame Dan for the racism of the original owner. Everything. Oh. Bye, Dan Snyder. Go fuck yourself. Boston owner? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Oh, shit. That is our farewell to Daniel Snyder and our top five Dan Snyder moments that Scott managed to cap off with a number one that didn't even happen during the Dan Snyder era. But we'll give it to him. We'll give him <laughs> the bonus him, point. Let's give him the six bird salute. We'll give him. <laughs> Bye, Dan. Where's, where <laughs> are the girls? <laughs> All right, moving on very quickly before we get into our hockey coverage for the year. We're going to get into some animated movie thoughts because we have Zoo back. We have Zoo. We never know when we'll see Zoo again, except you will see Zoo in just actually under two weeks. Friday, June 16th at 6 p.m., the Walter E. Washington Convention Center. Awesome con in D.C. The 323 will be there. Yeah. Yeah. Snuggle with Scott. We're going to all snuggle. It's going to be a lot of guests. Griffin the Grick Wolbert is back from space. He has actually survived. He's he's, he's ba- touching down. He's made it back. Hey. <laughs> that was literally the noise that he made crashing back into the atmosphere. Griffin is back. He'll be there. Hey. <laughs> but while we have Zoo here, we got to get into these this massive stuff that's happening. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse just debuted in theaters. It is a masterpiece of a film. I think it is incredible animation. I think the best animation that I've personally ever seen on film. I recommend it to anybody. It's a great story. Great soundtrack. If you like Metro Boomin, it's got some great tracks on there and it's out here. Now it's competing for money with the biggest movie of the year so far, and maybe a surprise to some, the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I also very much enjoyed. I love the Peaches. To me. I love the Peaches song until the kids at my daycare site started playing it and singing it all fucking day. But still great. So that shouldn't be my song of the episode. Yes. <laughs> it very well Holy could be. Shit. You've got the option there. Do you want to know how much money they've made just in today or just in yesterday for Spider-Man? It's 120, right? It's 120 for the for the weekend, but just yesterday on Monday, the fifth, was 13 million dollars. Jesus. God damn. And then in the meantime, you have Super Mario Brothers. I think it just passed 1.3 billion for its full uh, domestic and international gross. And looking like it'll probably finish its run at $1.5 billion. Who knows how well Spider-Verse is going to do. So we're going to get a lot more into Spider-Verse talk (laughs) and animation talk with uh, Zoo and Travis Byram of, you know, Mr. B, Mr. (sighs) B's movies. And we'll get them together to talk about all of this. But I want to get Zoo's brief thoughts. Because, again, you can check him out on Animation Deliberation, the Animation Deliberation podcast. Go check it out. He's gotten some great thoughts out there already. Check the show out. Zoo, what are your brief thoughts on Spider-Verse versus the Super Mario Brothers movie? The fact that Nintendo can use Super Mario's money to be a controlling interest in the Commanders is pretty fascinating. Just to put that out there. But yeah, both of these movies were absolutely phenomenal. I have like hour and a half episodes doing breakdowns on them on animation deliberation. But the most important thing to take out of both of them is that studios are finally letting the creators of these movies, they're letting nerds be nerds. Because all of this stuff is just people passionate about the projects that they love and enjoy. And they have there's so much potential for storytelling that gets overlooked because they're focused on the money grab. And now I think these places are finally starting to understand that if you just let these nerds be nerds and let them express what they're passionate about with their creative art form, then we can actually get some good products out of it that are worth seeing in the theaters over and over again. It's, it's not about, you know, taking old franchises and trying to breathe life back into them. It's just about, just having that creative license and they're finally being able to take risks again. You see that in Mario, just from the music alone, how they take music from specific 
titles and stuff throughout games throughout the year, but still mix it in with like a modern player so that it fits in with the story. It's not forced. It's one of those things where it's like, if you've been a fan for a long time, then you'll catch it. But if you're new to this type of stuff or just a dirty casual, then <laughs> you still get to enjoy it to its fullest. So the fact that they get to make these projects and have fun doing it and hit so many fan bases all at once. It's just, it's an awesome time to be an animation fan. And in regards to Spider-Verse, I think across the Spider-Verse is like the animated equivalent to Empire Strikes Back with just the storytelling and intensity and just how it left off. And as you can tell, I'm a huge fan of that movie. So I, I actually thought the exact same. Like it really did feel like, and I just watched Empire Strikes Back for the first time in many years, uh, just like a week or so ago, two weeks during the sick break. And yeah, Spider-Verse, it was just an amazing, amazing piece and what is going to be an incredible trilogy. The groans in the theater when they saw To Be Continued, everything, mm-hmm. because a lot of people just did not know that it was a part one. Of the- <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. It I'm hits. sitting there trying so hard not to look at my watch. I was like, there's no way they can wrap all this up now. Oh, good for them. Like, fuck you, but good for you. <laughs> and and I'll tell you, my theater experience, we saw it, uh, the opening night, Thursday night, and Scott would love my theater experience because the people in the theater were something, especially the two dudes to my left, and not the one maybe directly to me, but the one next to him. The entire movie, he's just making noises and he's clapping his hands and he's just like sh- like shaking his hands together, getting ready for a big part. And then it would come and he was like, oh, like that. And he's just like tapping his buddy on the side. Jesus, I was like, oh, my God, I understand Scott right now. <laughs> my friends, my friends were telling me that the second that Spider-Man India popped up, all of them were looking at me and not even looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> because I went full fob as soon as he came up. <laughs> you love to see it. And again, you can get all of Zoo's full thoughts on Spider-Verse, not only on the Animation Deliberation podcast, where you can get anywhere that you get your podcast, but also... Scott. We have- I'm just thinking of Bollywood Spider-Man now. That's all I'm thinking of. It's an incredible sequence. It is. It is me. <laughs> oh, the visual. The visual of it is fantastic. <laughs> this bitch. So, the good break in the process here, and a good natural transition is: I made meatball subs tonight, and they're delicious. They're incredible meatball subs. I had time to eat half of my meatball sub before the show started. And I was like, I'm going to save this other Uh-oh. half for after the show. What does the cat do? The cat gets up on the stove, picks up the meat, the half of meatball sub with her mouth and runs off with it. Runs away with the fucking meatball sub. We found croissants under the bed one time because she pulled the bag under the bed to hide them and eat the them. Fuck? So fat ass. Just... Are you just not feeding the cat? She eats like four or five times a day through like a what automatic the cat feeder. say nom 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 nom. nom, nom. nom. <laughs> oh my god. We'll get we'll get more talk on Spider-Verse and the animation talk with a uh probably sooner than later show with Travis Byram and Zoo and we're going to transition to another element while we have zoo here and we'll try to go as spoiler free as possible because we know people are still trying to catch up but ted lasso the show that zoo and i first connected with podcast wanting to podcast on ted lasso has ended it's season three hi we're flipping you off too (laughs) god she looks just like scott oh my god she's just keeping the finger up she's holding it now to keep it up Oh, she dipped. <laughs> but Ted Lasso has ended uh, allegedly for good after three seasons, and I won't mm-hmm. you know, go into the specific specifics of why, but you can probably just imagine how Ted Lasso ends everything as a show. Could very well continue in some form, but I don't know. But Zoo, your thoughts on the series as a whole, season three as a whole? I know it was a mixed bag with a lot of fans and 
a lot of critics kind of fell off the tracks on it. But what were your thoughts towards Ted Lasso? Uh, it was absolute perfection for me as a series. It hit a lot of hard points. It's just so good for your soul. Wonderful storytelling. It definitely it gives you an idea of a part of the world and culture that, you know, has exposure everywhere but it's just it's just showing how big the world is and how many issues are going on and it does it in a way that doesn't make you cringe it just makes you curious it makes you appreciate how big the world is and what it has to offer um just anything that comes out of ted lasso's mouth just knowing that he can encourage so many people and still deals with the issues that he does it's just absolute beauty i'm i'm trying not to get into it um Obviously, they specifically said that they only wanted to do three seasons and wrap it up. I appreciate any show that actually understands what it is and doesn't give us any fluff. It'll just be like, this is the plan. We're sticking to it. If they were to do a spinoff at some point, I would not be upset. But the way that this wrapped up, I'm I'm content. I, I feel the exact same way. And Scott, I don't know if you've watched Ted Lasso whatsoever, but the beauty of this show really just came at its at its peak time, which was during the first season. And it was during COVID and during the lockdown for a lot of people, I didn't start watching it until first season had been out for a while. And I got COVID. I was stuck in my room for a week and I felt like I was literally dying at a point. It was at, you know, already one of like the lowest like moments of life, everything through the years. But I put on this show and I was like, Holy shit, this is wonderfully like just a perfect pick me up and it's just making me feel good and it actually made me enjoy and interested more in soccer and i think it did that for a lot of people and got the national the mm -hmm. national and international interest up i mean international interest was already there but specifically u.s <laughs> interest but um u.s is all that matters it's a show i'm gonna miss if it is actually you know if it's fully over if they do a spinoff, I guess I would, you know, I, I'll check it out no matter what. I don't know why I would even kid and saying like I would have to depend on what it is. But I would love, I think one idea that I love since the since Apple has a partnership with the MLS, uh, I love this idea of Roy Kent having to go from the UK and then coaching like an MLS team or something. And then you could use like the full like partnerships and everything and bring some characters over on that. I always thought that would be kind of really fucking funny especially after his comment in the first season where he was like what do you want me to do retire and play in fucking america right <laughs> where exactly. i would dominate by the way well it's like so so i don't have apple tv but it's been one show that i've been wanting to watch but you i've been definitely i mean i know oh, the shows I can that. I've, list. Seen, I've seen i will make that that 10 bucks in that month worth it <laughs> okay <laughs> um but even with I, I've definitely been noticing like a, a lot more like interest in soccer, especially like Premier League soccer ever since the show kind of, you know, started again. Um, I saw a really cool stat the other day. Where is it? I had it safe. There it is. Um, so they released NBC released like the top 15 or 20 um, markets for Premier League viewership. Number one in the country in the USA. Do you want to take a guess what city is number one for viewership? Uh, now that if since we're talking about the show, I'm going to say Kansas City. It's Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. Number sure. one in Premier Premier we're League. Till we die. We're Richmond till we die. We know we are. We know we are. We're Richmond till we die. And, there's a, there, and that's not the. So you got Richmond at one, and you got tied second for DC and Cincinnati. Norfolk is number four. Okay. Out of everywhere in the country, Norfolk, Virginia is number four. I probably ranked up those numbers. <laughs> Watching it over and over again. And then, of course, cities that are normal that you would expect: Philly, San Fran, Orlando, St. Louis. But, but yeah, you know, I thought that was a pretty, pretty cool stat. I was gonna say it's all cities that Zoo has been to. <laughs> <laughs> it's all all the states that I've flown over while I'm like rewatching it on a plane. <laughs> I actually uh, did watch them, and I was because I've watched every episode the week that it came out since episode one uh so when i was flying back from dallas to chicago i was like keeping up with the episodes on the flights back 
so much good music from that show too. I think Marcus Mumford was like one of the uh, consultants on the music for the show and just put out so many fucking good songs that I've still got on my playlist. And and in shout out to them, they even stole a joke from us. They stole this great moment that we had on the show when Roy when uh, Zoo was trying to say Roy Kent. It's a wonderful Roy Kent. And they wound up, you know, making that a joke in Jersey on the show. <laughs> <laughs> It's a wonderful it. Roy cut. No one's safe. No I one's will say, safe. even with I, even as somebody who you know hasn't watched a full episode from start to be, from start to finish, there's something about that theme song that's like nostalgic. There's something about it that just like hooks Heaven you. It just makes you feel good. The show is just it's feel good, and I guess that can annoy the shit out of some people, especially in just like such a cynical, like probably the most cynical time. <laughs> that's probably why i would that's probably why i wouldn't enjoy it 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 could be but i thought the same with my mom and it's one of her like favorite shows now and she hates soccer right, she me. hates optimism yeah mama murphy is all about ted lasso <laughs> oh shout out salute to you ted we love the show we will get more into it on a future TV show that we still have to do with Luis Martinez and a couple other people. He's right behind you. Salute him to his face. Oh, right I'm sorry. You. I'm sorry, Ted. I forgot he's right here. By the way, I Ted. looked up that Funko. I didn't realize it was a Comic-Con exclusive, and now was going for about 90 bucks on Amazon. What Funko? The one the you're holding. Your hand. It's going for 90 Yeah. Chill right there, Don't Ted. You... <laughs> <laughs> I've got beard, too. <laughs> I didn't. I was too scared to look at the price for that one. <laughs> oh, now transitioning from soccer to our other most talked about sport on the three two three hockey. It's time for hockey our. Th- it's time for our three two three hockey coverage. The Stanley Cup is currently happening. Good series right now. It's another. It's a. It's part of that weird South Florida sports. <laughs> supernova that's happening right now as the Florida Marlins, the number eight seed in the Stanley cup playoffs are taking on the Las Vegas golden Knights. Golden Knights are up, I believe two Oh in the series. Uh, they're doing that awesome thing where they're putting on massive shows before the puck even drops. And it's fun. It's fun right now. It's going on the same time as the NBA finals, which we'll get more talk on later. You already got our Ricks versus Gricks. Nuggets Heat going right now. That is 1-1 in that series after a Miami Heat win on Sunday night. Zoo, what has got you dying? What's got, what has got you so tickled? <laughs> the Florida Marlins. So oh, I'm did I? These baseball players coming out with their bats, looking at the ice like, what the fuck is going on over here? Why is the ball flat? <laughs> like a jazz chisel trying to... just killing their warming <laughs> up. It's like, we didn't get this. <laughs> Oh my God, Jazz Chisholm just getting rocked by some <laughs> Vegas Golden Knight. <laughs> it's just, I don't know how to skate. <laughs> Never fucking seen ice. What are you talking you can about? Slide. That's about it. Oh, you know what? Maybe they should. Ha- maybe that should happen. We'll take a random team and put them up against the worst NHL team. I don't know. Uh, some random sports team. Oh my God. Oh God. But look, this is our Stanley Cup coverage because we don't talk about hockey really at all on this show we do occasionally get caps talk from zoo but we didn't even really get to that much this year because the caps weren't that good they weren't that great nice watching stress-free hockey playoffs it's it's stress-free but they're still like the most it's like the most stressful sport to watch in playoff mode like it is just fucking Mm -hmm. non-stop i love it when i watch it and when i remember to watch it it's a great time to just laugh at bruins and canes fans Oh, it's just a great time to <laughs> laugh at Boston fans. Fuck them. We already went. We did a whole show about fuck them. Yeah. In the meantime, our coverage this year of hockey and the Stanley Cup is going to be something a little different. It's going to be a new game, which we call the Stanley Cup Spelling Bee. And, I mean, there's not really much fanfare to it. It's not really much to explain. It's, it's just what it is. We're going to give Scott Elia... And Zahir Ali, some just randomly drawn names here from the Stanley Cup, from these final two teams of the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers, not the Marlins. The Florida Panthers 
Just look at you when you said Marlins. Yeah, he, yeah, Zoo got me because no one's safe. No one's safe. <laughs> <laughs> no one's safe. I'm sorry, Roy Cunt. It's a wonderful Roy Cunt. <laughs> and so, Scott, Zoo, it's it's really anybody's game. I know how these usually go between you guys. <laughs> But I'm giving. I'm, about you, to say, I'm sure it's rigged already, so I'm not stressing as much as I usually do. I am giving you guys the option here, Zoo. You always get shit. You always get the shit end of these games. So I'm going to give you the chance. Do you want to go first or second as part of the spelling bee? <sighs> Might as well start off the misery early. I'll go first. All right. So I'm going to just give you a starting player's name, and you just have to spell it for me. If you last spell name, it, first name, and last name? First and last name, yes. Oh, fuck. First okay. and last name. If you get it correct, you'll hear this. And if you get it wrong, you'll hear this as you get it wrong. Uh, it's very easy. Was that me, too? No, that was Mike Leach. <laughs> Rest in power. Rest in, Rest in power. This is you, Zoo. <sighs> that's <very> <laughs> Sports are porn. <laughs> I'm sure that's me just trying to catch my breath after a manic laugh attack. It could be. I don't know. Scott was in there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just worried about what other clips you have just recorded over there. Oh, there's some great ones. Andy Reid's not going anywhere anytime soon. What are we looking to with the Chiefs in the Or East? anywhere fast. Hey, oh. hey. Hey. Yeah, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> I have one. I have one on here that's that took just such a turn. It took such a turn. This one's probably appropriate. It's weird. It's right turn. Read weird hockey noise. Oh V. We just have a lot of just sounds <laughs> just all around. But don't distract me here while you're trying to look up names of these rosters. We're gonna start the game off right here. Zahir Ali, your first name. Casey Fitzgerald. God damn it. Do you want it in a sentence? Sure. Amuse me. Casey Fitzgerald is an American professional ice hockey defenseman for the Florida Panthers. I'm glad you don't have a meatball sub to go to. C A. S-E-Y-F-I-T-Z-G-E-R-A-L-D. Casey Fitzgerald. Technically, he didn't put a space in that. That's one. Okay. 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 Technically, you can suck my balls. Throw a pair and we'll think about it. That's not happening. That was uncalled for. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, Zoo. This is the children's show. Zoo. Sue. Yes, sir. Turn that explicit tag. Yeah. Hey. Asshole. Scott. <laughs> your name is Nicholas Roy. Uh oh. Nicholas uh... Roy is a professional ice hockey center currently playing for the Vegas Golden Knights. N. I. C. Oh. He's already wrong. He's already. <laughs> that's one down for Scott. It is N I C O L A S R O Y. There's no no H no H in there. All right, Zoo. Your next name is Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick is a goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights. Can I ask where he's from? Where he's from? Yeah. Uh, he is from Milford, Connecticut. Jonathan Quick. J O H N A T H A N. Nope. It is J O N A T H A N. And then Q-U-I-C-K. So that is one down. That is one wrong for Zoo. Scott, your name and the ability to tie it up here is 
Matthew Kachuk. Oh. Matthew Kachuk is the star player for the Florida Panthers. And the son of Keith Kachuk, who I watched fondly as a child. Uh, M-A-T-T-H-E-W space (laughs) T-K-A-C-H-U-K. Hey, look at that. Okay. I've, I've, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You got one there. All right. Zoo. Ah, fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where's the... <laughs> damn it. Where is it? God damn it. Where'd you go? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Zoo, your next name is... Alex Lyon. Now, Alex Lyon he is a goaltender for the Florida Panthers. And if you need to know, he is from Baudette, Minnesota. This seems too easy. Alex Lyon. A-L-E-X. Mm-hmm. Space... <laughs> L-I-O-N Alex Lyon oh. uh. Nope It is L-Y-O-N it's Oh wow tricky, I huh? thought the Y was going to come in the first name No it's a tricky <laughs> It's a tricky one Alright Scott You can take the lead here uh, okay lead <laughs> Hey I looked up the NHL media guide And they said Lyon I got my pronunciations down, especially for this one. Scott, your next name is Etu Luostarinen. What in the fuck? <laughs> he started in what? Etu Luostarinen. Can I get in a sentence? <laughs> Etu Luostarinen is a Finnish professional center who plays with the Florida Panthers. At two Lu Lu star in it star in it. <laughs> uh E E two I don't know, those those Scandinavians are tricky little bastards. Uh, I'm gonna go with double E. Okay. T U Space Star in it. Lu L U O Luo Star S T A R and then E N E N and then uh, I get it. Uh, God damn it. It is spelled there's one E in the first name, wasn't there? E E T U L U O S T A R I N E N. He got fucked up by the eye. Yeah, I got him. All right. We're still tied here. Or no, we're not tied. Zoo has the lead two to one right now. Zoo, your next name is Nick Cousins. Nick Cousins is a professional center for the Florida Panthers. Nick Cousins. N I C K space C O U S I N S Nick Cousins. Oh, <laughs> One of them had to be that easy. That is correct. <laughs> All right, Zoo, you're up. You're up three one now, Scott. Right, you kind of need you need it. these next two. All right. Okay. So your next name is Grigory Denisinko. Grigory Denisenko. This guy gets Nick Cousins. And I'm getting Greg something. Greg what? Grigory Denisenko. Grigory. Is it Grigory or Gregory? Grigory Denisenko is a Russian professional ice hockey winger currently playing for the Florida Panthers. Grigory Denisenko. G R I G O R Y. Grigory. Uh, Damn it. Nope. 
Would you like to try Denisenko? If you get uh, Denisenko, I will give you a bonus. I will give you a half point. Let me type it in the chat. No, no. <laughs> oh wait, yeah. I don't want you yeah, getting auto correct. Yeah, it like it. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. I know this is gonna be way off. Uh, Denisenko. Cinco. Den e Den e Cinco. D e n i s i n k o. D e n i s. What is it? I n k o. Nope, you're wrong twice. Uh. Nope, it is G R I G O R I D E N I S E N K O. Grigory Denisenko. Okay. Where's he from? He's from Russia. Ah. Yeah. Zoo, your final word here. You're up three one. I mean it's pretty much all it's pretty much yours here. No, I'm still worried. Aiden Hill. And then he gets this. Then he gets Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill <laughs> is a Canadian professional goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights. Aiden Hill. A I D E N? What is it? Wait, what'd you say? It wasn't. A I D E N? Uh. Nope. Okay. It is A D I N H I L L. Aiden Hill. All right, so it's 3-1. Now, Zoo, I don't know if you want to just, if you want to gamble here, if you're a gambling man. You can make this next one, if you agree to it, for Scott's final name, be worth 100 points. The score oh, is 3-1, Zoo, right now. Nope. You're not going to do it. You could be worth three points. Nope. nope. Make it worth two and go to a tiebreaker. He's go Nope. We could do that. You want to make it worth two and go to the tiebreaker? Nope. I'm playing with it. All right, Scott, your final name here is Pavel Doro Dorofayev. <laughs> what in the <laughs> Pavel Dorofayev. Pavel. Oh, I know is. Pavel, I know, is P-A-V-E-L. I know that. You're correct. Dor Dorof fight P-M? You know what? We're going to give... So, this is what's going to happen. It's 3-1 right now. I'm going to give you one point for the first name. What? Dorof? Doro? Pavel Dorofeyev. Pavel Dorofeyev. Is a professional, oh, is a Russian my. ice hockey winger currently playing for the Vegas Golden Knights. All right, I'm going to break it down. Do, Dio. I typed in how I think it's spelled. Do, Ro, Aro. So Dio, Aro. Okay. Fi, Fiev, Fiev. Pavel, Dorofiev. Dio, Aro, F E Y E V. Dorofeyev. Wow! Damn! Unfortunately, that was worth negative one point, though. So, Zoo still wins! And a god. score three to two. Zoo wins the first ever non-racist god Stanley Cup. Nick, Nick Cousins. Oh, I thought he was going. So, I thought. <laughs> I thought. I Nick Cousins. I thought you went full Tony Romo. <laughs> Alex Jones, how did you get on the podcast? The extra yards, the tough yards, the finish on the play. Right there, you got three. And you talked about this is the best tackling team. Oh, my gosh. So go check out the Stanley Cup playoff, the Stanley Cup championship while it's still happening, I guess. Well, I guess Golden Knights are up 2 nothing. All of those players whose names are very hard to pronounce doing it well. Nick Cousins isn't hard to pronounce. <laughs> Nick Cousins is a pretty good one. In the meantime... Scott Elia, thank you for being here and going through the madness as usual. You handsome devil. Handsome white devil. Zuhair Ali, 
thank you for being here as you always are. Again, you can check him out on the Animation Deliberation Podcast, wherever you get podcasts. You can check him out on a whole variety of shows. Is there anything else you'd like to promote, Zoo? Uh, just how excited we are to be at Awesome Con. So if you guys are a fan of this show or any Stranded Panda show or just want to dick around with us, we're going to be there all weekend. Uh, <laughs> you know, come on by. The, we're definitely going to be interacting with the crowd on stage. So please do not miss out on this opportunity to hang out with us. Oh, my God, guys. It's going to be a chance to win some really awesome swag from Awesome Con. Like we assume, There's going to be literal actual prizes to win just playing Naughty Family Feud, Unfamily Friendly Family Feud, Nerd trivia with our crew, me, Scott, Zoo, Emily Sissel, Griffin. We're even bringing Angela there. You don't know Angela? You're going to meet Angela. She's going to be out there. It's going to be a hell of a time. Like he said, the Walter E. Washington Convention Center, Friday, June 16th at 6 p.m. And we'll be there all weekend. We'll be doing some photo shoot. It's going to be it's going to be a fun, fun fucking time. So check that out. We'll hear more from us soon. In the meantime, again, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Zoo, for the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy. Follow at 323REID on all the socials, patreon.com slash 323REID. Shit, if you just want to go to Venmo, you can just go to Venmo and send us money, make the show better. We'll go out that way. I see it working for all these different writers at Reed323, at R-E-I-D-323. I almost misspelled my own name. In the meantime, Scott to give us his juice. That's right. Get your daughter's juice. In the meantime, for the 323, I'm Reed Murphy. Stay safe, everybody. We'll talk to you later. I missed you guys.